There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. I would like to remind those of you that are in the area or are able to attend that we will be in the Calvary Baptist Church in Saltillo, Pennsylvania. That'll be tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, that's the Calvary Independent Baptist Church in Saltillo. We'd love to have you attend. If you're unable to attend, would you please pray for the services? Uh, seeing God working, we'd like to see continuation of the work of God. We thank God for Pastor Long and the folks there having us in. What a blessing it's been to be in the house of God. And today, as we go back into the podcast, we'll be back in Job chapter 1. And I said that we'd look at Satan uh, resisting Job and Satan going against Job and God taking that hedge away from Job. And as God removes that hedge from Job, Satan then begins an all-out attack on Job. But remember that the Lord had told him, he said, only upon himself, put not forth thine hand. And so we learn from that that Satan cannot touch us unless it goes through the hand of God. And there's some lessons there for many of us to learn. There's lessons there concerning our flesh. There's lessons there concerning our calamities, our sicknesses, our diseases, our wounds. And there are so many things there that we just sometimes, I believe, people challenge God and get in the face of God. It's not wrong to question God. We see that the saints of God all through Scripture would ask God. Didn't understand why. Didn't understand the the where's, the what's, the whereabouts. And it's not wrong to question God why, but most people don't question God. They accuse God. They feel like they've done wrong and, and been done wrong. And they feel that God has somehow been unjust in their actions and their doings. But can I say to you that at best, God is good. At very minimal, God is good. At his highest, God is good. At his worst, God is good. It's the very nature of God to be good. That's why we praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. If you're a child of God, there's nothing that comes to us that does not pass uh, through God, that does not go under God's mighty hand because he allows it to go under his mighty hand. If we're in his hand and God is our protector, God is our shield and our buckler, there's nothing can approach us but that first goes through the hand of God. And we must be reminded of that. I think a lot of the time it's because of our own selfishness that we ask why. I know myself when I've gone through great tragedy and gone through great hurt, uh, there's times in my mind I'll act like I don't question God. And I would never publicly say I question God. But I just say, why did this have to happen? And it's an examination. It's a self-examination. Why did I have to go through this? Why am I in this predicament? And so it's going to be with Job. We'll find out in chapter 2. So he gets in that place also. But as we look here in Job chapter 1 and verse 13, and God is, of course, let Satan know that he can, all that he hath is in thy power. And it's interesting he said that all that he hath, that's his possessions, his belongings. And by the way, that did include his children. They were in Satan's hands. And, and therefore, God had turned them over. And God let Satan come upon them. 
And uh, yet the tragedy, the awfulness of that in you and I's thinking, because we are but men, we think of our own children or grandchildren or people we know, and maybe your brothers or sisters have children. You look at them and think, oh, the awfulness of that taking place. But yet God allowed that in Job's life. And he said, and there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, the same as they had done on those feast days when Job would offer up sacrifice for them. So this means that this very day, Job is offered a burnt offering for them just in case they'd sinned, just in case that they had cursed God in their heart. Job offered up an offering on this very day. And as they're eating and drinking, there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, if they, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. And so now all of a sudden this calamity comes upon Job, his ox and his ass are gone. The greatest of all the men of the East and all the possessions and his wealth all of a sudden have just disappeared like that. The Sabaeans have come and fell upon them. and They've taken away his, his ox and his ass has slain his servants with the sword. A calamity that most of us could recover from, a hurt that most of us can recover from. However, a lot of people, they lose their wealth. They jump out of windows, jump in front of tractor trailers, slit their wrists, blow their brains out. Why? Because they've lost their wealth. It's like a man going to prison. How many people on their way to prison because they cannot endure the thought of having to eat prison food and sleep on a hard cot and be locked in a cell and lose their freedom regardless of what they've done and they try to take their own life because uh, the misery of not having wealth and not having their finances and not having their pleasures. And so they, while he was yet speaking in verse 16, there came also another and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep. And the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So there's his flocks, and there's his burnt offerings. There's the fire of God's fallen from heaven and consumed his sheep. And uh, what a tragedy. What a terrible thing. All of your wealth gone. All of your possessions gone. I imagine fire is so destructive in lives, and I personally, to give God the glory, and I want to praise him and thank you, but we have never had to deal with fire in our home. Uh, we've never had to deal with uh, with losing our house to fire, and I've heard stories of people that have lost their minds. I've known people that they themselves burned their own home. I knew a lady who burned her own house down uh, because she had lost her mind, and uh, she had lost financial things, and her husband and her were on the out, so she took gas and matches and burned her own house down. They put her in an insane asylum, and within two months, she was dead. And a fire is a tragic thing. Fire is an awful. I can't imagine uh, your house burning down and losing all that you have. Yet it's happened to people. Those people we personally know it's happened to, the awfulness of that. And so, again, your possessions are gone. Well, in Job's day, his asses, his oxen, his sheep, there is possessions. There is wealth. There is livelihood. His servants are gone. Man, his servants have been slain. His servants are dead. The awfulness, the tragedy, yet it gets worse while he was yet speaking. There came also another and said that the Chaldeans have made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. So there's Job's distinct flocks, each one a different place, each one a distinct flock, each one a distinct a portion of his riches, and God has given him these riches, and God has provided him with these things. And yet they're gone just like that. Men have fallen upon them at the hand of Satan. Men have fallen upon those camels and taken them, and his servants are all slain. While he was yet speaking, and here's the real tragedy, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. 
And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Now, I want you to notice this, that God has turned him over to Satan. Satan cannot destroy his flesh, but he can destroy his possessions and all that he has. And so when the word of God said that this great wind from the wilderness came, what did it do? It smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men. They're dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee all the tragedy of tragedy. They're in his eldest brother's house, eating and drinking wine, and now his sons are dead. They've been destroyed. His children are gone. His flocks are gone. And finally, the calamity, one at a time, boom, 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 the, the flocks, the herds, the camels, the servants, the awfulness, and now his own family, his own children are dead, died because the house fell upon him at a great wind. And he said, I only am, I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Understanding he's in God's hand, understanding this is the hand of God, he fell down and worshiped the holy God. Would it be that you and I, the tragedies of life and the tragedies of death and the awfulness of, of life, would it not be that we could fall down our face and worship the most high God and as Job said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Verse 11, Satan had told the Lord that uh, put forth thine hand, touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. Satan is a great accuser of the brethren. Yet in all this, Job sinned not. In all of these things, he didn't charge God foolishly. Job knew this was at the hand of the Lord. He knew that he was in God's hand. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would it be said of us that when things were good, we'd say, blessed be the name of the Lord. When things were bad, we'd say, blessed be the name of the Lord. In joy, we'd say, blessed be the name of the Lord. In sorrow, we'd say, blessed be the name of the Lord. In loss, we could still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord has given the Lord has taken away. The Lord has provided. The Lord has removed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless his holy name. And there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. There he is again, the accuser of the brethren. And the Lord said unto Satan, For whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Yet in all this, the Lord tells Satan, He's never cursed me. He's never mocked me. He's never scoffed at me. He's never hated me. And this is what he said. He holdeth fast his integrity. In all of these things, Job held strong, and Job was unmovable in his integrity. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now. See, Satan couldn't touch him, so he tempts the Lord with touching him. And now touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand. But save his life, the Lord himself wouldn't touch Job. He was a perfect man, an upright man. 
He wasn't going to come under the chastening hand of God. But God allowed Satan to touch him. God allowed Satan to move upon him, but he could not take his life. He could not slay him. He could not kill him. And so went forth Satan from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot under his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. And then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not, not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. So even though his wife's turned against him, even though the hand of God has been removed, and Satan has risen up against him, and he smote him with boils, the top of his head to the sole of his feet, he's sitting in the ashes, scraping himself with a pot shirt. I like what the preacher said many, many years ago. That place of ashes was that place of burnt offerings. And that place of ashes is the place where daily Job went and offered those burnt offerings for his children just in case they had sinned or cursed God in their hearts. And Job went to that place where he knew God had been. He knew he'd met with God. He knew that he'd worshiped the most high God. He went to that place that was most precious to him, that place of the burnt offering, that place where he had offered sacrifices unto the most high God. And he sat down in that place where he'd met with God and knew God and worshiped God. And he sat in that place and, and he scraped himself with a pot shirt. Then his wife comes and says, Thus I retain that integrity, curse God and die. But Job and all this did not sin with his lips. He never cursed God. He never cursed the name of God. He still blessed the name of God. He knew that God gave, that the Lord took away. And then the word of God says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came everyone from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite. For they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off and knew him not, they lifted up their voice and wept, and they ran every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. So here comes his three friends to board with, and they looked at him, they saw him, they didn't even recognize him. He was unrecognizable, sitting in the ashes of his sacrifices that he'd been offering. And sitting there in the ashes that he offered unto the Most High God, scraping himself with a potsherd with a wife that told him to curse God and die. And when they saw his condition, they too mourned. They put those ashes upon their heads toward heaven. And they sat down seven days and seven nights and spake not a word because of the calamity of Job and the calamity that had come upon him. Yet in all of that, I want you to note this, and we close out today. In all of those things, Job never cursed God. Job never turned against God. Job never lost his integrity towards God. You realize why? Because he was a perfect man. He was an upright man. He was one that feared God and he eschewed evil. And might I say that perfect man, that one that's upright, that one that fears God, that one that escheweth evil, no matter what the calamity, no matter what the tragedy, no matter what the awfulness of his life, the things of this life that come upon him, that man can retain his integrity because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And that's what Job had. He had that walk with God, that relationship with God. Tune in tomorrow, beginning Job chapter three. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, let somebody else know about the podcast, would you? Send a text, an email, call somebody, tell them to tune into the podcast. We'll be in the book of Job for probably a couple of months. And I pray that other folks will be able to listen and receive what God has for us.
There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing